Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. And welcome to Resident Frequency, the Amateur Radio Podcast. My name is Richard, AB5JBV, and uh, I am your host this time around. I got to thinking about myself the other day. It's probably about time I got y'all another studio episode out, so uh, here we are. Unfortunately, we've got so much feedback that uh, this may end up being another feedback episode, but don't despair because I do have plans on uh, getting y'all a mobile uh, installation uh, series or something to that effect. Um, I'm, I'm working on that. I'm also working on the NTS project. Uh, I have several things going at this time. But uh, y'all, please don't get discouraged. I'm, I'm doing the best I can. Everything that can happen bad has happened bad this year. And it's just now gotten to the point that uh, things are starting to let up a little bit. So uh, let's do a couple of announcements. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention is that... Uh, Russ has started or restarted the Black Sparrow Media Black Sparrow Media Podcast Network. The Black Sparrow Media Podcast Network. Uh, we're going to start trying to pull as many shows together as possible in one place. Uh, I'm not sure what shows in particular he's uh, he's thinking about, but uh, I'm pretty sure he's going to let us pull these amateur radio shows. The uh, non. Uh, fully commercial ones uh, in and get those all in one place so uh, y'all can get them from one feed when they come out. Uh, y'all go over and check out blacksparrowmedia.net or blacksparrowmedia.com and find out a little bit more about the Black Sparrow Media Podcast Network. Uh, Russ is, uh, I'm glad to see that Russ has picked this up and running with it because my situation uh, has become, uh, <laughs> well, whereas two years ago when we started BlackSparrowMedia.com, it was pretty good. It's not so great now. Okay, other announcements. <laughs> I wanted to talk to you all a few minutes about Jerry Taylor. Uh, I've been, I have talked to Jerry Taylor a little bit over the last couple months. Um, he's taking a short break. And that kind of stuff. And why would I be talking about his show on my show? Well, I feel kind of responsible because when Jerry first started out, he he uh, he and I emailed each other quite a bit when he was trying to get started and everything else. And I feel like I'm kind of kind of invested in the thing. And I it's a good show, and I would hate to see it go away. So, uh, what I, Jerry's taking a short break. And, uh, 
he's uh, examining his options, seeing uh, what he may or may not do, and time has become a problem for him like it has become a problem for us and everything, everybody else. And uh, uh, my response to him on in that particular email that uh, he brought that up is, that any content's good content, even if he can't maintain the schedule he was maintaining. So he's taking some time to be with his family and stuff. But y'all go over to myamateurradio.com and uh, send him some emails and let him know that uh, whatever he needs to do, y'all are behind him, that y'all appreciate the effort that he's put forward so far, and that um, um, – Whatever decisions he makes from this point forward, uh, moving moving out, that uh, y'all gonna back him on it. Go on over to uh, www.myamateurradio.com and say hello to Jerry and let him know what you think. He he's a great guy and he's really enthusiastic and he can get that new ham perspective better than I can because he is way newer than I am. I'm a little older and uh, kind of crusty. But y'all know that. Y'all been listening to the show long enough. Okay, I can't really think of anything else other than I need you guys to go over to the website and click through to Amazon.com or click through to Audible.com and uh, take a look at what's going on over there. Everything that comes, uh, comes through those sites in some way uh, helps us maintain um, maintain this show here. Uh, we've had some issues, and I even had to fight Black Sparrow or fight the uh, host I can over getting Black Sparrow Media back and uh, everything else. But um, we're trying our best to stay on there for y'all. I know that the uh, mobile episodes are not great, but I'm doing the best I can to get y'all some content out because my situation has changed. So go over and click through to Amazon.com. You can buy just about anything in the world at Amazon.com. And a percentage of that goes to helping this show. Uh, Audible.com, same thing. Any audio book you purchase over there is going to help us out. But the best way to help us out is to go over to the website and click on the donation link. Uh, It's right there, big as day, on the main page. Click through on that bad boy and drop us a little donation. I mean, uh, we've been known. You know, I used to say you can't buy a soda for a dollar, and a guy tested me. I actually received a $1 donation from a guy, and he may have been joking. He may have been pulling my leg. He he may have wanted to see if uh, I meant it. But I'll tell you right now, I appreciate any donation you guys make for make to this podcast. And we've also set up a contributing user area. And right now, if uh, you send in a donation, and uh, I can link that donation to a particular user that signed up at the website, I will turn on that contributing user area for you. There's not a lot of extra stuff in there right now, but uh, I'm doing my best to get some stuff in there. So go on over and click the donation link, a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, whatever you think. You know, uh, for a long time I said, if any episode of this podcast has been helpful to you, then it's got to be worth a dollar. And I know everybody's cash strapped right now. I am the poster boy. 
and I know everybody's cash strapped right now, I am the poster boy for that. So uh, please, please, any way you can help keep us on there, do so. Starting to sound like PBS around here, is it not? Okay, so uh, I think we've got all... I probably should have sat down and wrote this stuff down before we got started. Uh, I may remember something else. If not, uh, or if I do, I'll go ahead and tack it on the end because I know there's always some. All right, so uh, moving on, let's go ahead and start with feedback and donations and stuff like that. Um, I'll go ahead and break this thing. Like I said, we've got a boatload of feedback, and I need to get through it so some people get some answers and stuff like that. And uh, uh, we'll we'll try not to drag it out too long at a, at a stretch and um, get you all a break when we can. So the first one's from Ross, uh, VK3UCR. And uh, Ross's uh, feedback was titled Donation. Hi, Richard. You and Russ, and he was talking about both of us, and I'll get to that in a minute. Just keep doing what you're doing. Appreciate the ham content and the music. Just about uh, come to terms with the Texas drawl. 73 is Russ. Well, thank you, thank you, Ross. And, yes, I know I've got your donation down here somewhere or uh, spoke about it in the last episode. And uh, as far as the Texas draw, Texas draw is concerned, um, it may get worse. It may get better. I've been going through uh, some stuff dental-wise, uh, uh, surgery and cutting and anyway, that kind of stuff. So that's one of the things that's kept me out of the studio. So uh, uh, y'all keep listening. We'll see if it gets better or worse. All right. Next one is from Frazier who didn't have a call sign when he sent this. It says, "I'm some, hello, hi, Richard. I'm sorry to hear that your finances are tough with your show. I am not officially a ham yet. In my area, the next course is in September, and the test goes along with it. I'm in Canada. Well, uh, Canada's almost Texas. I've learned uh, a lot from both RF and Linux and Hamshack. Uh, so I plan to help out. I just got my latest uh, bribe check, otherwise known as a return for a tax grab. Our provincial government has in place. So after putting the money aside for my course and materials, I'll be able to give RF and LHS only X amount of dollars to each show. I hope it helps, helps out in some way. I'm uh, cashing the check this afternoon, and we'll hit the donate button after after work when the check is cashed. I believe in supporting those who have helped you learn. Too bad more people don't drop you a, a couple of bucks regularly. I hope to do so for both shows. And that's from Fraser. No call sign as of yet. Well, Fraser, thank you. And uh, I've got more than one email from you sitting here. So uh, uh, let me go ahead and talk about, uh, no, that's a different subject. So uh, thank you for the donations. I did see it come in, and I've got the the donation here somewhere a little further down. And uh, we'll mention it again when we get to it. 
Okay. Immediately following that, uh, about 10 minutes later, he sent me another one that says, Hi, Richard. It's Fraser. I sent you an email from your website contact page. I'm interested in hearing more about mobile rigs. I'm in an apartment and can't put up an antenna. I'm thinking of buying a Transworld antenna of some kind that is stealth so I can at least go out to to a park and run HF. Like mentioned in the uh, donation email, I don't have a call sign and haven't been on the air here in Canada, so I can't speak to your episode 41 talk on two-meter wasteland. But I will try to report once I get my license in September. That's next month. Uh, I hope it's more uh, active here in Canada. So what do you recommend for a mobile rig? What are your what are some good mobile rigs? Yezu, Kenwood, Icom, fill me in. I'm thinking that mobile will be my best bet since I'm on the road all day for my business and as of yet I don't own a, a home so I can't run an antenna. Also, do you have any recommendations on how to operate in an apartment? Bottom floor small one bedroom so far i can think of so far all i can think of is a mobile rig uh, brought out to the park or the sitting area in the back of my building and some kind of quick to erect portable antenna like a transworld antenna love the show fraser p.s i do agree P.S. I do agree that if we don't use our frequencies, we will lose them, especially with all the demands on on the bands. Well, Fraser, thank you. That was a very uh, good email, a good piece of feedback. Um, as far as uh, the VHF UHF wasteland is concerned, you know. It's a sad state that we have texting and cell phones and everything else eating up on our air, eating up our airtime. Uh, it's getting to the point that people are more and more distant, and it shows when almost everybody is more interested in going and getting on a HF rig and won't talk on the radio unless it's on HF. But uh, we'll just have to see how that plays out. Now, as far as mobile rigs are concerned kind of depends on what you're doing look at the rigs read the features see what they've got if you don't know what something is then you probably don't need it i'm the kind of guy that's into the uh, uh less is better carrot category i don't even like multi-band radios you really can't get away from it on hf and it's gotten to the point that you really can't get away from it uh on vhf and uhf anymore uh when I first got licensed, and I know y'all get tired of hearing about back then, you know, I had a two-meter rig. When I added 440 to my situation, I added a separate 440 radio. So I had two radios, and if for some reason one of them should fail, uh, then that was the only radio I had to send back to the shop. So if I was off uh, VHF, then I still had UHF. Uh, I didn't 
the only reason I have a dual band radio in my truck at this time is because I don't have any other choice. Getting a uh, single-banded VA, a UHF rig or a 440 rig is extremely difficult. So uh, all the uh, companies build fine products. As far as HF is concerned, I've always been uh, partial to Kenwoods. I have a Yazoo now, uh, Yazoo F97, FT897D. And uh, simply because I wanted something small, portable, uh, there is the ability to put battery packs in it for mobile operation, that kind of stuff. However, I still run my old Kenwood radios that I've had forever and a day in places like out in, out in parks and in the truck. And even though they're large, uh, they're well-built. The other side of it is, too, you have to take into account that I don't know how the new Kenwood HF rigs are, but the ones that I run are a little bit deaf, which uh, can be a positive thing, even though uh, it may not be. You won't be able to sometimes hear those really weak signals, but a lot of the interference that you would pick up on a more sensitive radio is not an issue. And... uh, one of the things that comes to mind on that is I never, I live in the area of Dallas, Texas, and intermod is a problem. And everybody used to tell me that it was, but I always rang in Kenwood uh, VHF rigs. And I didn't know that there was intermod in Dallas. I'd cruise through the places where people were talking about it and be like, what are y'all talking about? However, when I changed over to something that was not a Kenwood, then all those noise issues started to crop up. I have an ICOM in the truck right now, a mobile or a VHF, UHF dual bander, which hears every single cable leak in the city I live in. So you're going to have to ask around, ask your friends. You know, uh, right now I'm running ICOMs as far as VHF and UHF because I want access to D-Star. It's an up-and-coming uh, technology, and we will be using it more and more. Uh, HF rigs, I've told you what I've got. I run those Kenwoods out mobile and uh, the Yazoo in the shack. But check the features out. See what there is. Talk to a few people up there. Your best bet's find some of the guys that are involved in the local amateur radio club and uh, you know see what they think. But don't ask just any of them. Uh, Try and get a feel for which ones actually operate more and less and check out the guys that operate more. And I don't remember if they have field day in Canada or not or anything similar to it, but if they do, uh, get on out to one of those. It'll give you an opportunity to operate different kinds of radios and see what you like best. As far as portable antennas, um, I'm not real big on the uh, mobile antennas. I'm not real up on that. Down here, we run a lot of screwdrivers and bug catchers. And uh, I personally use uh, single-banded antennas from Workman. Uh, Any mobile antenna for HF is not going to be super great. There are some that are better. And there are even some things out there uh, designed specifically for that purpose. Uh, I knew one fellow that used to take a Hustler mast and resonator and clip it to a uh, a metal uh, gate behind his apartment, 
and plug it in. I myself have run dipoles inside the apartment and even magnet wire dipoles and long wires outside of the apartment. Uh, you might want to check into a, a couple of books. I can't remember uh, what the name of them is, are offhand. They were written by W1FB, um, which could probably point you in the right direction. Let's see. What else we got? This is a good email. I'd like, I'd like, I could do a whole show on this bad boy. Uh, but yeah, get out there and operate, figure out a way, ask these people some questions. And, uh, I'm, I'm sure you'll be pleasantly surprised with what you are able to do, even though you don't have a place to put up, uh, a bunch of high dollar antennas in a tower. Good luck, Frazier. And let me know how you're uh, coming along. All right. Well, as I said before, um, Fraser, Fraser did send us a donation and let me scroll down to the appropriate place, even though I can't find it anyway, I got the, uh, Oh, there it is. Fraser did send us a donation. Um, that same day, in fact, five or six hours later, so thank you, Fraser, and that's going to help us pay the hosting fees, and uh, we sure do appreciate it. We also got a donation, another donation from Ray. If I remember correctly, uh, Ray, let me get his call sign, uh, KO4RB, Ray. Uh, if I remember correctly, this is the second donation that uh, Ray has sent to us, and uh let me tell you, I appreciate listeners like Ray. Ray, Ray finds us apparently uh, very useful because he does uh, help us out, send us information. He visits the chat room on the other show when we're live and uh, all that stuff. And, Ray, I really appreciate having having you around. All right, so uh, Ray also sent us an email. And let's jump into that one pretty quick. It says, just heard episode, no, this is a message from the website, but that's fine. Uh, just heard episode 42. Thanks for keeping at it. Around, uh, around episode 25, I sent you a donation at twice your suggested rate. I figured uh, what I had learned was worth at least two Cokes an episode. Well, thank you, Ray. I listened to the uh, other show, too. But you seem to have enough support there. Anyway, time to pony up again for resonant frequency. So, 17 more episodes, again, at twice your rate. Just send it in via PayPal. I know it will go to good use. Well, Ray, thank you once again. Thank you. And, yes, in fact, that covered, uh, that covered uh, uh, server fees for... Uh, about two months. <laughs> so, uh, yes, sir. I appreciate you being around and, uh, you let me know, uh, how things are going and don't forget to come see us at the other show. All right. So, uh, next we've got, um, another problem. Well, you know, we've been having a problem. Let me just go ahead and read the email. Uh, Richard, when will the iTunes feed be fixed? So I can download your excellent podcast with my fruit-filled computer. Thanks, Craig, KB3SBI. Well, Craig, uh, we're having some sort of problem with the RSS feed. Uh, I've done everything I can at the website to correct it. I'm not sure if it's an issue at iTunes or 
um, feed burner. Uh, we're still working on correcting it. Uh, we're, we're doing our best to, to get it going that way. Uh, if you can't download it via iTunes, you might try to go over to Podcast Alley. Podcast Alley. Uh, since you brought up uh, Apple computers, uh, the Macs, um, you're probably using iTunes, and iTunes will let you put a different uh, uh, RSS feed in there other than something that is in the iTunes store. So you can go over to Podcast Alley and uh, try that. If that doesn't work for you, go to our website and uh, attempt to uh, do it that way. And please, Craig, keep me keep me up to speed on what's going on with it because uh, I'd really like to know. I have posted over this uh, information over at the website for y'all, but since y'all aren't getting episodes, y'all aren't hearing to go over to the website and take a look. So, uh Keep me posted on that, Craig. Okay. Well, we've been going at it a while. Why don't we go ahead and take a short break, and we'll be right back. Say you want up, we 
Okay, and welcome back to part two of our uh, our feedback episode. Um, this episode, uh, I think it's episode 45. I might be wrong. But um, anyway, let's go ahead and get back on that feedback. We've got a lot to churn through here, and hopefully I can get this down under an hour. Luckily, we got, uh, got that first, uh, looks like about half done uh, before we had to go to break. All right, so uh, let me set this next one up a little bit. Um, I, uh, I received some, uh, email, email from KC5PIY, let me find the bottom of it, BB, and, uh, ask him a, a question and that kind of stuff. We have an organization here in North Texas, which is not very amateur radio friendly, so they keep, uh, half of the UHF frequencies tied down repeater-wise, and uh, I had made a comment, and he, he responded, and there's some good information in here. So uh, I know I've got some listeners down in South Texas where his organization operates, and y'all might want to uh, uh, check into this and see if it's something you might be interested in uh, hooking up with. Uh, it says, Richard, no, Entertain Incorporated is a separate but affiliated group out of San Antonio. The uh, group I asked the question about was the Armadillo Intertie up here in uh, North Texas. I've had little or no interaction with these other groups, although I can link through their systems since they're interconnected. Uh, that's really the point. The interconnection of the repeaters allows long-distance communications without using HF, the Internet, etc. I'm afraid I can't say one way or the other, uh, about friendliness of the Armadillo Intertie. Cactus Intertie was the first original Intertie group to establish the current hardware configuration, which was solid and provided the service services desired. We have taken that basic robust design and slightly modified it from what I'm told. Uh, oh, from what I'm told. It allows for a very robust system with linking and the basic voice services. I understand also that we have a station or two with an attached weather station, and some have limited APRS data op options. I've not used those. I live in northwest San Antonio and travel to Corpus Christi for work. Wow. Uh, the, these systems are out in west Texas, I believe. 
I'd have to look it up. Dr. Larry Higgins is the head of the Entertain Incorporated and a very nice guy. His wife just retired, so they both, they're both free to pursue their interests, such as maintaining the repeaters. I think we're, uh, I think we're up to about 23 to 24 systems. We support them with a relatively small group of members. I'm concerned about what will happen if Dr. Larry is not no longer no longer involved. It's been pretty much his baby to organize from the beginning. There are several other guys that are regularly involved and would make good candidate candidates to step into the shoes if it becomes necessary. I'm hoping Dr. Larry is more free now that Marion is retired since he loves it so much by oh man this is a long one but hey it's good information for you guys at least here in texas uh by working on the website i'm doing uh, what i can to participate in a functional way i also spend about 25 dollars every couple of weeks automatically to the organization to pay my dues and additional support since I simply don't have the time to do site visits and so forth. I'm doing good to build a simple site we currently have uh, have online. I'm working on improvements constantly, although most are invisible to the viewer. Boy, I know that. Uh, like your podcast and those efforts, I'm sure there is a lot that goes on in the background that never sees the light of day. That's necessary. Oh, boy, I know it. And I've tried to get help, and the best I got is Bill, which Bill would be great, even better if I had a team for him to supervise. Of course, he wor- he he does good work, and uh, his salary is right. You mentioned D-Star often in your podcast. I've listened to uh, in the in your podcast I've listened to so far, I have an ICOM 2820 with a uh, with the 123 module in it. The uh, nearest repeater is in San Antonio, which I can't hit from home. There are none in Corpus Christi. I have no experience with the system and would love to get smart on it. With all the data starting to become available compared to uh, initial manufacturer supplied data. What is your recommendation on a good down to earth tutorial for a new user of D star? I'm going to stop right there a minute because, um, one of the gripes that I've had is, um, that there's a lot of places to get most of the information on using D star but they always leave out, uh, in my opinion, the most important part. And that's because you can go buy the radio, you can go buy a dongle, you can do whatever you want to do, and the dongles are going to let you in. A DVAP is going to let you in, which is a, a new item. I haven't fully checked into it, but it's my understanding that it's like a remote base system, remote dongle. You can plug it into your computer and use a handheld talk talk on D star, but the main thing they leave out when they're talking about on the air is that, uh, yes, if you get a D star radio and you program it correctly, you can talk on the repeaters. 
what they leave out is is that to get outside of your own area, you have to be registered in the uh, the gateway software. And uh, what this requires is getting with one of the repeater owners or the repeater group that owns it and um, um, finding out what it takes with them to get them to go ahead and register you. Uh, we're lucky here in my area. Uh, I've known the guy who maintains the D-Star repeater here in Mesquite, over in Mesquite, Texas. And um, he will, if he knows someone has D-Star set up, he will set them up in the gateway without any charge. There's another organization here in town. Uh, they were like the first D-Star repeater in North, North Texas. I think they were one of the first, if not the first in the nation. And uh, they came up when testing started. Uh, they charge a considerable sum to be added to the gateway. And it's my understanding, the only other word I've heard is that uh, some, of the, uh, some of the clubs in California are that way also. But uh, that... That having said all that, having talked about the part that was left out, and I'm probably going to have to go back and do a show on this. Um, the best, most complete tutorial that I've heard so far, or heard or seen so far, would be the episode of the ICQ podcast. ICQ podcast with uh, uh, Martin and uh, Martin and his son. I don't remember the call signs. Uh, it is available at iTunes. It's available at most of the most of the places. And if you type ICQ podcast on uh, Google, it'll take you over there. But uh, they had a gentleman do a spot over there on D-Star, which includes the information I just uh, gave you. And uh, it's a good place to start. Other than that, uh, there's some good, good links off of the uh, D-Star users. Uh, website dstarusers dot I can't remember if it's com or net. I'm sure Bill will uh, look it up and get it in the show notes because Bill's efficient that way. Um, and just about all the information out there is good information. So if you just spend some time googling and visiting some websites, you'll be able to get uh, what you need to get things going. Now. Uh, like I said, go visit them guys over there. Okay, so let me finish your email so we can move on. Lately, I've been supporting the uh, Deepwater Horizon flights, providing advisory control to aircraft in the area. July 5th, I expect to drive to Houma, Louisiana, to provide liaison support for the ICP. With my 2820 in the truck, oh, I missed it. I'm sorry. Uh, with my 2820 in the, in the truck, I'd have some time to talk to any D-Star systems in the area. Other than looking at the various repeater books, are you aware of any systems I could hook into in the region? Well, I'm not completely familiar with where HOMA is, um, um, what part of the state it's in. I know that, uh, well, the only one in uh, Louisiana I ever speak to, speak or talk through is the... Uh, Peter in Shreveport, and that's hooked into uh, one of the reflectors. So it's not exactly I spend the time programming it up. It's more uh, they're hooked into uh, 
the reflector we we use down here in Texas, and uh, I just uh, key up the radio on the reflector, and there you go. But uh, let me take a look real quick. Well, you know, taking a little look at the uh, looking at the map, I see um, now I'm from see home of Louisiana. And chances are, if there are D-Star repeaters in the area, the closest ones are going to be in New Orleans and Baton Rouge. So uh, I would take a look at that. Um, the website I was talking about a while ago is dstarusers.org. And uh, if you'll go over there, not only do they have a list of stations that have been heard in uh, like the last, I don't know, however many hours it's been, they also have uh, maps and a repeater directory and that kind of stuff to kind of get you started in that direction. There's also a lot of good information to be had on that site. Uh, I would suggest go check that one out. There's also one that's in Georgia, but I can't seem to locate that one right now. So uh, that'll give you a, a couple places to get started. I'm sorry I didn't make the July 5th thing. Uh, things have been kind of weird here but uh i hope that helps so let me uh get on with this email like i said it's uh for the rest of y'all it's fairly lengthy uh lastly i presume you have a relatively robust antenna set up and actually i don't uh i have acquired about 140 feet of ron 25 with uh 20 feet of it attached to my shed i am working a long distance a long range plan to establish a truly viable ham shack for post-retirement. I've got a single G5 RV between the house and the shed and a GP9 uh, vertical dual-band VHF antenna. Recommendations on HF antennas to start with. The G5 RV is only about 15 feet off the ground. I've got an Alpha Delta sloper a homebrew three band dipole and a dismantled Yagi of unknown vintage I was given. On the higher bands, I've got one other VHF UHF vertical and one of two circularly polarized antennas for satellite work. I've also got an older, never used Yazoo based satellite dual band antenna or dual band radio, about 15 years old, and associated rotor cable. Uh, plexers and so forth living in something of a bowl north of bandera uh, i would like my tower to be tall enough to see over the rim as it as it were and allow the antennas i have enough support to be mounted out of harm's way that said, I have plans to build a multi-purpose storage garage workroom ham shack near the house. As that project progresses, I intend to put up some of the tower sections adjacent to the building and the rest towards the back of the property. Uh, for such things as a dipole, long wire, remote hardware as needed. Any and all suggestions, input pointers, and the like are always welcome as people provi provide input i've been able to refine a lot of what i will incorporate into my design now, holy mackerel there's more uh let me address that particular paragraph well here here at my station 
We have cut back over the years. Uh, things were quite extensive at one time. We had a dipole for every band. We had multiple VHF, UHF antennas. We had a lot of stuff going on. As for right now, I myself run a G5 RV for HF because having a killer antenna system is not as important to me as being able to work close in. Um, I came around to that way of thinking uh, during Katrina and Rita because uh, getting into Louisiana was more important to me than being able to talk to Europe. However, I have worked Europe and uh, even parts of Asia in Africa on that G5 RV. It's a good antenna, but you have to get it off the ground. Mine is only about 30 feet in the air, so as far as 75 and 40 meters, it tends to uh, give me the close-in signals. But on 20 meters, I have a pretty good worldwide coverage. It doesn't hear everything that's going on, but it hears plenty enough. As far as my VHF, UHF antennas, I have an arrow... Uh, J-Pole, dual-band J-Pole on one uh, pole. I've got a uh, GP6 on another pole, and that's currently what we use around here for that. Being in a bowl, I would uh, uh, feel safe in saying that working ACF is wonderful if you don't have interference coming over those hills. Now, in the case of Anything from six meters up, you're probably going to want to have something high enough to get over the over the rim. Um, being down in a depression on HF, if you have good antennas for your skyway propagation, you're going to be in a better position. Of course, that is my opinion on it. If anybody has any uh, contrary information, y'all send me an email, uh, and we'll try and get that word out uh, down that direction. I'm going to keep saying, uh, uh, okay. All right. Back in 2004, we moved to Corpus Christi. I purchased 12 acres of raw land to develop over time. Since then, we've put in a well septic tank to support our house. It's not all that big. One and a half stories, three bedrooms, three bedrooms. One is an upstairs office-ish two baths and of about 1800 square feet once our son 20 on saturday moves out it'll just be me and the xyl i hope to retire in seven to ten years in the meantime i commute about once every 14 days to corpus christi recently i've been working from bandera on travel but can't count on that it's about 200 miles one way, which takes about three hours driving. My normal schedule is drive to Corpus Christi Monday afternoon, work in or out of Corpus Christi for 10 days, then the Thursday week drive back to Bandera. What gives me, that gives me 10 days at work, at work and four days at home. Therefore, I have a 2820 and a 706 in the truck. Most of my radio work is from the truck. After retirement, hope to change that and work out of my new facility in Bandera. Sorry this got so long. Not my intention. I need to get going on other, on other projects anyway. I have to prepare for a trip to Dallas tomorrow. 
We're headed up for a play Friday night. Return to Bandera Saturday morning. Oh, and I forgot to mention, I'm furiously building out the property as time, energy, and funds allow. I'm 55. To support raising our uh, two-year-old Gypsy Vanner. Her name is Zoe. There is more, but likely, likely not of interest to you. If uh, if you are interested, let me know. Maybe we could uh, connect out connect outside email. I have to pick up my lawnmower. Killed it when I hit a stump, and get out the weedy for the rest of the lawn. Seventy threes BB KC five PIY. Whoo, there was a lot of information in that email. But thank you, BB, for uh, for shipping that this way. You know, um, I I don't normally ask questions if I don't want the answers, and you sure enough let me have them. All right, so let's jump on the next one real quick, and uh, then we're probably going to have to take another break. Uh, this one comes from Richard. KG, KG, K, doggone it. This one comes from Richard. KG, this one comes from Richard, KJ5VGV. I am so new, yeah, I am so new as an amateur radio operator, I do not even have a radio yet. I was ill and was laid up for three weeks and took the time to study for the amateur radio tests. I took the tech and the general at the end of the three weeks and now have a general license but no radio. I have been doing the research on which radio to buy and what band plans to cover and maybe a D-Star radio. One thing I've been doing is working on the D-Star network. I have an iPod and a, and a D-Star and D-Star is now supported on iPhones and iPods. Well, I was unaware of that. Um, here is what I have found on D-Star. It is easy to work D-Star, but making contacts is next to impossible because many repeaters are off the air or no one is listening or even worse, will not answer ACQ. I can understand that because there's an episode I recorded, uh, mobile, which will be coming up, uh, as the next episode or possibly the one after where uh, I can relate an experience that happened on D-Star and uh, how upset I was about that. But y'all uh, y'all stay tuned. Even worst, even worst, yeah, that's what it says, will not answer a CQ. Over the past two weeks, I have spent about 35 hours working D-Star and you can count on one hand the number of contacts that have talked with me. Quite frankly, my mind is made up that my radio will not have D-Star support. Okay? There is no need as the old codgers are not looking for new blood. In fact, two nights past, I was on the repeater in uh, Atlanta and there were four operators discussing the range of the repeater. I never once broke or gave my call sign as I was just listening. As, as you know, on D-Star, your call sign is posted once you make contact. Well, I was kicked off. 
the site never once giving my call. There are a lot more bands for me to work, and I will. And these guys can have their net. As for your podcast, keep up the program. But more on antennas. As I live in a deed-restricted community, I can see another uh, another series building and uh, need to install a hidden antenna, 73. And that comes from uh, Richard. Well, Richard, um, I understand. Uh, that's another problem that we're having. You know, new guys have a problem because we don't – well, when I was a new guy – I had trouble getting on machines and dealing with some of these guys and everything else because I didn't want to be perceived as pushy and that kind of stuff. There are issues with the guys. You know, D-Star has been so expensive for so long that now it's becoming available to folks who don't are can afford uh, less expensive equipment and that kind of stuff. And there's guys that have been on there a long time that think, you know, they're the greatest thing that ever happened, you know, uh, and I, I feel your pain. I feel your pain. Um, I'm sorry that you're going to give up on D-Star, um, but I really don't blame you for feeling the way you feel. You know, the league used to have to have a real problem with going and building projects in their fully stocked uh, electronics lab and then putting them in CQ Magazine and expecting guys that uh, – we're out there making minimum wage to uh, build these things without the proper equipment. So uh, it's not a new story. It's an old story. And I really am sorry that you had that type of experience. But um, thank you for listening to the podcast. And uh, we're going to see what we can do about getting more uh, antenna information in. Sometimes It's been hard for me the last uh, six months or eight months because – I've had so much stuff going on. Sometimes I, I even forget that this is a show for new hams. Um, the old hams get stuff out of it, but it's supposed to be for the new guys. And thank you for reminding me of that, and we're going to make a note of it and see if we can't get back to that. All right, so we've gone a little long. Let's uh, go ahead and take another break, and we'll be right back. Always on my mind. She 
coming down the wire we got uh got a few more left and we're going to check them out and uh then we'll uh we'll go on about our way uh believe it or not i got a couple of uh mobile episodes that i just haven't had a chance to get out yet but uh we will get to them we will get to them all right so the next one on our list comes from our old friend frazier and it's just uh letting us know that uh, he had sent his donation in or uh, that his donation had cleared once again thank you fraser uh every bit a little bit helps you guys remember that because uh you know this is y'all's show i'm just the guy that uh sits here and runs his head and the only way we can keep going is through y'all's participation so the next one we got is from Don, uh, WS4 Echo, WS4 Echo. And uh, Don writes, Richard, great to see that RF is back. And I was still 
this goes far enough back that I was still getting some uh, some of the emails from uh, after we had gotten the first episode out. But uh, anyway, uh, glad to see that RF is back. The mobile episodes are a good idea with your work situation. Given a decent headset and mic, the noise levels would be more than bearable. Uh, maybe a tiny bit of uh, post-processing in Audacity might help the noise as well. But as long as we can hear your voice, us listeners will hang in there. I had a show idea. I'm involved in a local club now. And while the club has been around since the 1920s, there are some younger hams trying to... Uh, Trying to the sum of the, trying to assume the reins, uh, <laughs> trying to assume the reins and help keep the club going longer. Uh, with your experiences, maybe you could address something something us newer, younger guys are having trouble with. Coming up with good ideas for monthly club meetings that keep everybody interested, and that's from Don WS4E. Well, Don, I understand. The only club I can think of locally here that's been around that long is the Dallas Amateur Radio Club. And uh, as I I think I addressed it in one of the mobile episodes since the last uh, studio episode, uh, there are some ideas that you can use to try and get things going. Those guys have the, uh, have the good luck to have... Uh, quite a few folks in their club that are really knowledgeable and they can draw from the membership to uh, get these things going. The other side of it is, as far as uh, keeping the club meetings interesting, the business portion of any club meeting is not going to be. However, uh, if you look around, check things out, and Don, I'm sorry, I forget what part of the country you're in, but if you have uh, a lot of hams, preferably other clubs in the area, it doesn't hurt to find out who's doing what. At one time, I ran the, uh, in fact, at two times, I ran the Speakers Bureau for the North Texas section under, uh, it was called One Thing Under One Section Manager, and several years later, it was called something else, uh, simply because I knew the folks in, in the area at different clubs and stuff. I knew who to go talk to to sign them up. You know, the microwave guys, the the guys that worked on uh, uh, commercial a HF transmitters in the 30s and all this other stuff. So it's a little more difficult when you're new. But it doesn't hurt to ask questions. Get on other repeaters. Talk with some of these guys. Uh, bring them in. You know, surely you've got, and this is the thing that we, we preach here, not as much now as we used to, but we need to get back to it, that anybody that's been a ham more than a couple of hours is an Elmer. He knows something that a new guy, brand new guy, is not going to know. So look at the resources around you, ask questions, find out what these guys are into, and see if they're interested in talking. And if they're not talking, then get with them. Uh, get the information yourself, develop a program. You know, it's a little more difficult when you're not used to standing up in front of people and talking. But, you know, if I can do it, and it's taken a lot of years for me to be able to bring this podcast to you. But if I can do it, anybody can do it. 
So there's a couple of pointers. If you need more uh, information on it, please get back with me, and uh, we'll we'll discuss it more via email. We also have another one from Don, and uh, Don logged on to the website, and he says, Richard, I have no idea what sort of goodies, hi-hi, are in the contributors or you have for the contributors. But FYI, I am a former and probably future contributor from way back. By the way, where are the archives of past episodes? I can only find basic, basically shows 20 plus. Okay, uh, this is something that I've been telling everybody in every episode. I'll tell it again. Apparently, I haven't done it enough. Um, you, first of all, the uh, archives, click the uh, podcast archives button on the website. I have the shows divvied up in about 10 episodes apiece. You can go in and take a look, download the ones you want, uh, and check that out. And if anybody has a problem with that, please send me an email. I'll give that information at the end of the show. Now, as far as uh, contributing users, I have done, since activated uh, activated Don as a contributing user so that he can see the contributing user area. Uh, if you got, any of you guys have contributed to the show in the past and I've missed you or you haven't signed up at the website yet, uh, please do so. And... If uh, I have missed you, let, remind me that you have contributed to the show in the past. We lost uh, all our databases when we moved to the current provider. So uh, as far as those that had contributing user access, those had, that has sent donations, uh, I do not have that information. However, I can go back to PayPal and look y'all up if you'll remind me. But, uh, you know, y'all go over there and sign up. Uh, there's fixing to be something really good over there. And, uh, I'll tell y'all about that in a few minutes. All right. So the next one I've got is from, uh, from Bruce V 2 G Z I. It's nice that we still have Canada in here, even though, uh, uh, we don't seem to be having a lot of, a lot of folks overseas, uh, paying attention to us anymore, except the guys in Australia. I love the guys in Australia. Anyway, um, Bruce writes, hi, Richard. Glad to hear you're getting back on top of things. Sorry to hear that your life is uh, throwing you a bunch of uh, curly ones. Keep it up. Thanks for the great show. Well, thank you, Bruce. And as long as we are able, we are going to keep this show coming to y'all. We may not have put out a huge amount of episodes, but we've been in business over three years. And we're doing our best to stay that way. I fought like crazy to get us back on there and... uh, uh, at the moment we are so Bruce thank you y'all keep listening okay we got another one from Don uh, Don says FYI the feed is still not working in iTunes iTunes is saying this feed may contain text items not, no media found looking at the feed there are no actual MB3 links anywhere in there so that is probably why iTunes is not liking it. And Don, if you can uh, clarify that a little bit, I'd appreciate it. Uh, actually, what I've pinned it down to right now is some bad code in the RSS feed. And I don't know if the bad code is coming from the website, 
feed burner or iTunes itself. And I'm trying to uh, trying to track that down and get it fixed. If any of y'all are familiar with XML and RSS feeds, please contact me because I really would like to get this cleared. I really would like to get this cleared up. But uh, Don, thank you. Yeah, okay, the next one is from Steve. And Steve, apparently, oh, look, KJ6N. Uh, and Steve writes, hi, Richard. This is Steve in the uh, San Francisco Bay Area of California. I just found your podcast, Resonant Frequency, along with Ted Randall's podcast. Nah, don't get me started on Ted Randall. Uh, I have to admit that I've been pretty, pretty inactive as a ham for a number of years. I need to get on more. I love 10 meters and have an HR 2510 in my work vehicle. Oh, I love that 2510. I have a 2600. I wish the band would come back. Um, I work for AT&T as a technician in the field, and I maintain the 911 systems in the Bay Area and Silicon Valley. I also have a D-Star radio, the 91AD. I will try to contact you in a few days via the reflector that you mentioned on your latest podcast. D-Star works pretty good, although the audio takes a little getting used to. I have an Echolink node in my house on 220 megahertz. Also, I try to have it online in the evenings and weekends. My node is 8340-8340. Y'all go over and check out node 8340 on Echolink and talk to Steve. Just wanted to say howdy to you and that I enjoyed the latest podcast. Take care, buddy. 73s and DE Steve in Newark, California. Well, thank you, Steve, uh, for sending that in. And I know we're a little behind. In fact, I'm looking at the date on your email right now, and we're over a month behind on, on that particular piece of feedback. But thank you. Yes, um, uh, I love 10 meters, too. No, I, I have access to all the bands. And I enjoy working them, but I'm a member of 1010, and I need it to come back because I need my 1010 net fix. You know, I hold a bunch of certificates from a bunch of uh, uh, 1010 chapters, and I'd like to increase that. That's something I remembered that uh, I probably need to uh, tell y'all at the end of the show. See, it's a funny old thing how the mind works. But uh, anyway, thank you, Steve, for uh, calling in. And as far as the reflector, um, I haven't had the D-Star on much the last couple of weeks. Uh, keep You may keep trying the reflector. Uh, there's another question about D-Star a little further down. I'll go ahead and uh, give the short answer on that one, to And then when we get to it, I'll, I'll talk about it some more. But the repeater that I gave out in the earlier episodes uh, in – NE5R, November Echo uh, 5 Romeo, has uh, been, it has the call sign of the organization that owns it now, so it is no longer the November Echo 5 Romeo repeater, it is now the NT5RN repeater, November Tango 5 Romeo November, uh, which stands for the North Texas Repeaters uh, Network. So, uh, y'all, uh, you can try and look for me there. If not, there's some good guys on there. So 
Uh, y'all go ahead and check it out. All right, so the next one's from Randy. Randy's a longtime listener, and uh, he was just writing to let me know that, uh, well, Richard registered on the website a long time ago. New, in, new email since then, and I have forgotten the password. Uh, username should have been uh, KD7WTE, which is a call sign. Old email was, new email is, uh, would you please resend me the password so that I can log in and get active again? Uh, this brings to mind that uh, uh, we fixed Randy's problem. Randy's been around a long time. He, he's one of our contributing users, and he's really helped us out over time. But uh, if y'all have been a member on the old websites, the one over at Black Sparrow Media, uh, or even before that at WordPress, if you were uh, had signed up over there, uh, let me know, and we'll try and get it fixed up. And sometimes if I don't get the email from the website that you've uh, signed up over there and your user over there, uh, then I probably won't know. So if there's an issue, y'all don't worry about getting in touch with me and let me know. Randy also writes, having uh, trouble with downloads. For example, episode 36 shows 61 minutes, uh, 56, 11 megs. I've tried three downloads in two different computers and can only get 48 minutes, 43.8 megs. What am I doing wrong? Several of the other archive ones are also way off on what show what shows in the uh, download section, and what actually downloads is short. When uh, listening to the podcast, the last ten minutes or so does not exist. Any ideas? Well, Randy and everybody else in the move, we had to learn how to use. We're still using the same uh, website software. However, we're working with a uh, hosting company, which is geared towards the stupid. So, uh, unfortunately, trying to do anything uh, quickly at a higher level is not something that's going to happen. So, if y'all run across episodes, y'all let me know what's going on with these things, and we'll get them all fixed correctly. Uh, I can't find everything that's going on because I only have a limited amount of time to uh, work on the website every week and that kind of stuff. So if y'all find issues, send them on in. I believe we've corrected Randy's problem. Randy, if you're listening, please uh, email me again. Let me know if we haven't gotten it straight, and uh, I will start to dig into that. All right. The uh, next one comes from BB. KC5PIY. I told you, those these have been backing up for a little while. Um, I've been listening to the oldest podcast, trying to catch up. Work has kept me super busy of late, slowing things down. Now that they have a new cap on the oil rig in the Gulf, we may be able to back off on the flying a bit. We're limited in what we're allowed, 30 hours in three days, 56 hours in seven, and so forth. It really leaves me wiped out. Besides, my water softener is broken. 
Horse fencing is not completed. Son's car is broken down. I'm 200 miles away until tomorrow, and my plate is a bit full with other work tasks as well. well I understand, BB. Uh, unfortunately, my ability to attend the attend to the hobby and other interests runs hot and cold. I'm hoping to retire someday and change that for better. My dad tells me he has less time. He's 77 than when he was working, raising three kids, working on his masters and beyond mood and beyond and moonlight, moonlighting, driving a truck. Maybe he's right. Maybe not, but I'm working on it. So please be patient. Oh, and to ensure there's no mistake, I really do appreciate the follow-up email and other responses you've provided about the podcast access and so forth. So many don't track such things. I'm still kicking and working, working on it. So if you have more, better information, please pass it along. 73's BB KC5PIY. And I think that was probably in response to uh, uh, one of the emails that I set up at the website to go out. Uh, Thanks for checking in, BB. And yes, if uh, y'all are off for a while, it will send y'all an email. I'm, I kept it as limited as possible so it won't spam you. It won't look like I'm spamming you. It's just a general reminder that we're thinking about y'all. And uh, I kind of want to, you know, keep uh, keep in touch with y'all. And if you drift off for some reason, find out why. All right. The next one we got is from Gunner, who doesn't seem to have an email address. Hi there, seems to be a problem with the podcast feed. My podcast client can't list or download the episodes. I had to, I had to download the episode manually. I'll listen to the new episode now, thanks. Well, thank you, Gunner, and as I said, we've been having problems with it. I'm doing my best to rectify it, but uh, unfortunately, RSS feeds are a mystery to me, so I'm trying to work through it the best I can. And uh, if you have any more problems, please get back with me all right so uh what else we got the next one comes from stan kf6 lau i'm interested in getting earlier versions of your podcasts please let me know how to subscribe okay uh and that's from uh 73 kf6 lau stan all right stan well uh as i said earlier and i'll repeat it again um as far as subscribing to the earlier podcasts, uh, they're getting divvied up in uh, at 10 at a time over at the website as archives. Uh, you'll need to go over to the website, download those. You can probably stick the RSS feed for that particular archive section in your podcatcher and download all of them together or uh, manually download them or whatever you need to do. But they are on the website go to the menu bar up at the top and click on podcasts archives at uh, rfpodcast.info and you ought to be able to find all of those and that is the information i sent back to him in an email so uh we'll see and next we have a donation from randy randy sent us a donation in and uh that's not the first. I believe that's the uh, second one he sent us. And once again, thank you very much, Randy. You're helping helping keep us on the air. All right. So I sent one back to Stan and uh, 
ask him actually which podcast he was talking about because it was a pretty generic uh, email sent to my personal address. And he said he wants to peruse any and all podcasts you have made. You are the man. Uh, 73 Stan KF6 LAU. Well, once again, thank you, Stan. And I, I, I finally got you pointed that direction. And we'll talk about it a little bit more in a second. Well, no, let's talk about it right now. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I do two shows. Uh, Resonant Frequency, the Amateur Radio Podcast, and Linux in the Ham Shack, which I do with Russ, K5TUX. And um, both of those have uh, about the same amount of episodes. They're both available. Uh, this one's been in business longer than that one. Uh, we're able to keep a better schedule with that one. So uh, if y'all are interested, go on over, go on over to uh, Resonant Frequency, which is rfpodcast.info. Or go on over to lhspodcast.info for Linux in the Ham Shack. Or since uh, we're this new Black Sparrow Media Podcast Network is kicking off, go over and check it out at blacksparrowmedia.net or blacksparrowmedia.com. Either one of those will work out for you. So y'all go on over there and check that out. All righty. We're not going to read that one. Um because I'm going to come back to it. And finally from Stan, I got, thank you, Richard. You are the man 73 Stan KF six L a U. And that's our final message from Stan. All right. So we got another one from WS four E, which came in just uh, a couple of days ago. And it says, Richard, you asked for some interesting field day stories in a recent episode of RF. Well, I have one that I might, that I thought was interesting. At our field day, we had four guys show up first thing in the morning to help set up and stay most of the day who were from different parts of the country. They were in town for a, for the national square dance convention, which they say happens nearly every single year on field day weekend. And it happened to be in our town this year. I'll expand on that in a minute. Uh, from talking to them, they told us that there are a group of hams in the square dancing organization, and each year they get together on the Saturday of the convention and go to field day at one of the nearest clubs to the place where the convention is being held that year. Once they know what town they are going to be in that year, they start planning and and contact the club trustee for more information and to make plans together to show up on Saturday morning as a group. Apparently, they have been able to see many different field day operations from one end of the country to the other and meet many different fellow hams over the years this way. It was quite fun that these hams who themselves were from wide-ranging states, were able to attend our field day and spend some time with our club. We really enjoyed having them operate, and they were a big help in setting up. We also got a got more media coverage than ever this year, with our club president being on the local TV news on all three network stations. That is cool. Even though my club is much smaller... 
and not nearly as popular as the big club nearest, who is so serious about their field day scores, etc., I would say my club had a good field day this year. And that comes from Don, WS4E. Well, Don, let me speak to the square dancers first. Um, that's a great bunch of folks. And uh, I can't remember what year it was. There was a square dance convention here in the city of in Dallas. Uh, had to do with the Texas Association of Square Dancers. Not the national organization, but the uh, state organization. And I was lucky enough with a couple of others, they asked us to work security for them as amateur radio operators without pay, but they asked us to come work their event because one of the guys in charge knew that uh, we were we had work security at other things like uh, um, Hamcom and stuff like that, and that we did public service events and stuff like that. So it was really cool to go uh, work this convention, and they are a great bunch of people. I really uh, wish I knew more about if they have a bunch of ham radio operators in there. So if any of you are uh, square dancers and uh, are into uh, amateur radio, y'all get in touch with me because I'd like to find out more about that. I'd like to talk with y'all some about it. But uh, this is really great. And uh, I bet they were a big help, and it was really great to see it was probably a blast to sit there with them folks they're all just fantastic so thank you don you're the only person that has sent me a field day story the only one and i appreciate it and in fact i may pull this email out and stick it up on the front page of the website so that uh so that uh, some of the other folks can see it um that that is absolutely wonderful Okay, we're down to uh, the last fee- piece of feedback I'm going to expound upon in this particular episode because I'm sure we've run over an hour by now, and I know y'all don't like them much more than that. But it's Tim, and I got Tim is back, and I've got to uh, read Tim's email. So Tim writes us, KI6BGE, Richard, NE5R is no longer on any of the D-Star repeater directories. Are you using NT5RN? Yes, I am. And that's what I was saying earlier. The fellow that owns that repeater also is the guy that owns or is in charge of the North Texas Repeater repeater Network. And uh, Dave um, decided to go ahead and put his regular call sign on that machine because he... uh, they would let him do so. So it is no longer the November Echo 5 Romeo repeater. It is now the NT5RN repeater, the uh, November Tango 5 Romeo November repeater, or uh, NT5RN. And it has two ports on it at this time, the uh, VHF and the UHF ports. So... Um, Occasionally, I will be listening to that one. Occasionally, I will be listening to the reflectors. I should have had that information here in front of me. I don't. But uh, I will make sure that I stick it into one of the upcoming episodes. Anyway, I hope you are. I hope your new old job is going well. What's going well is it can. 
I still listen to both podcasts and will still contribute content if you like. Everybody is welcome to contribute content. Everybody. Written, audio, picture, anything. I'm having trouble getting pictures on the website right now, but that's another thing I'm working on. Um, anybody that wants to contribute content to Resonant Frequency, the Amateur Radio Podcast, and I th- feel safe in saying that uh, Russ would agree me agree with me. If you want to contribute uh, content to Linux in the Ham Shack, you send that stuff our way. We will figure out one way or the other to uh, get that presented and out to where everybody can see it. Uh, if you'll look back on the uh, RF website and on the LHS podcast site, you'll, you'll find that uh, there is a lot of, uh, at the very least, written content that uh, has been sent to us by listeners. So we will doggone sure take it. Keegan, you, you send me something, Tim. We'll get it on here one way or the other, even if we have to make you your own special episode. And finally, he says, I'm going to try using my Alsys. I don't even know how to pronounce that. I got a mixer with that name. Mixer into my laptop this time and see if it sounds better than the Zoom H2 did. Later, Tim, KI6BGE. And that goes back to another email we had earlier. These mobile episodes I'm recording, I'm recording with a Sansa clip. No headset, nothing else. And uh, with a little bit of post-processing, it doesn't sound too terribly bad. I haven't had any complaints about it so far. Uh, If there is a problem with it, y'all let me know. And uh, we'll, we'll see if we can't do something better. Unfortunately, there's no way to plug a microphone into it, so uh, I would definitely have to figure something else out. All right, so we pretty much hit the end of the feedback, and before we go, I know we've run long, but let me go ahead and say that I recently received a piece of email from the president of the Dallas Amateur Radio Club, and uh, the full exchange... I will probably post in the contributing user area, but let me run through the story real quick so we can get on out of here. Um, He contacted me. I put him in the regular email bin with the rest of y'all's feedback. Two weeks later, he decided that he was an exception to the rule and went over to the hosting provider we had over three years ago and sent an email through there. Raising came because I had not contacted him back. What happens was, he says he listened to the episode where I was talking about field day, and that uh, when I got to the part about the Dallas Amateur Radio Club, I said they were a bunch of jerks. And unfortunately, my interaction since there, since then, and him being the president of the club has assured me that I had the right take on it because not only did he expect me to make a special exception for him to sit down and, and write an email to him or respond to his email at that moment, uh, he sent another one which I had to sit down and respond to, not having the time to do so. Uh, in fact, I stayed up till 4 o'clock in the morning uh, responded when I had to be at work at five, at six o'clock. Um, 
I haven't yet had the repeater shut off on me yet. But I also know that I have spoken to, I'm not going to cut anybody slack. Y'all know I don't cut the league slack. I don't cut the local club slack. I don't cut the section manager slack. I call them like I see them. And I have had shows where I've talked about the Plano Amateur Radio Club up north of here. I've had shows where I've talked about the Mesquite Club's uh, doings that when they weren't right and everything else. And the fact that the only one that has ever complained is the one that thinks they're an exception uh, leads me to believe that any comments that I made were probably accurate. Now, I only go over there repeater when I have legitimate business because I know better. And considering the policies of that particular club over the years, I full well expect to have my have, have the repeater shut off on me or have somebody mysteriously jam me. But that's okay. Because it is more satisfying to have somebody prove that you're right than to have to do the work to prove yourself, prove that you're right. So thank you very much, Tom, over at Dallas Amateur Radio Club. And uh, whoever, whichever DARC member it was that informed him, uh, I'm sorry that I offended you, but make sure that I responded over here. And as I said, uh, for those of y'all who are member, uh, contributing members at the website, y'all go check out the contributing member area because uh, I'm really of a mind to post all these emails over there so y'all can take a look at them. All right. With that, I can't think of much more that we have. Uh, I really, yeah, we're definitely going to be a, a little bit over, a little bit over an hour, but I hope that, uh, that y'all stick in with me. And uh, I'm doing the best I can for y'all. Uh, please uh, don't get upset. And where the iTunes thing is concerned, I know we're losing listeners. I, I know that because of the way the schedule's been, we're losing listeners. But um, I can only do what I can do. Y'all don't forget to check out the uh, Black Sparrow Media Podcast Network at blacksparrowmedia.com, blacksparrowmedia.net. Um, Go over and check out uh, the Linux in the Hamshack podcast because uh, we really think this is where things need to go because, um, you know, us amateur radio operators need to quit getting raped over uh, having to deal with Windows. Uh, you know, innovation and uh, new technology is what we're about, and uh, they sure don't have that in Washington State. So with that, if you need to get in touch with me, you can follow me on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter, Identica. It's KB5JBV. Uh, we even have a page for Resonant Frequency over at Facebook, even though it's slowed down some. Uh, if you want to contact me directly, please send me an email at KB5JBV at gmail.com. KB5JBV at gmail.com. Or go over to the website and send me a message through the contact form. That'll work too. All right. With that, I think we got everything covered. Oh yeah. I almost forgot. Uh, route 66 is coming up. Uh, it's coming up on September 11th. Route 66 is my very absolute favorite, uh, annual, uh, special event. 
uh, y'all go check it out. I don't have that uh, link handy, but I, uh, I bet you Bill will look it up. You know, he'd be cheap at twice the price. So uh, uh, I appreciate Bill for putting up with me. I appreciate Russ for letting me talk about him. Uh, I appreciate y'all for uh, sitting through this feedback episode. And I appreciate the fact that the roof hadn't fallen in on my head just yet, and the wife hasn't shot me because it is kind of late. So with that, y'all take care of yourselves, and uh, we'll be talking to y'all real soon. Take care of your family and kids. Uh, I hope you have a have a great uh, month, and we will talk to you later. 73, 73 everybody. Mm-hmm.